0: This is the Colonel Rad Alert. Civil defense information will be broadcast at 6.40. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Y2K. How can we prepare? Stop a few of their machines and radios. Throw them into darkness for a few hours. We are fighting for our lives. My family must survive. Over for five years. Thousand gallons of gas. Air filtration, water filtration. At you from the frozen tundra that is East Central Alberta, Canada, streaming live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Rumble, and Odyssey. Welcome back to the workshop where we create community, find freedom, promote preparedness, and share success. I am Toolman Tim. Today is August the 27th, 2023, and this is episode 359 of Workshop Radio. How the hell is everyone out there? Great to see you so far this evening. In about three minutes, we're going to bring Survivor Jane on. I cannot wait. It's been just about 12 months, which means it's time for another prepper camp. So we're going to bring her on in a minute. Let's get the announcements out of the way. First off, before we do anything, it is August 27th, 2023, which means this is a very special day to me. This is the day 17 years ago that a beautiful lady named Rebecca... Decided to make me her husband for whatever reason. I don't know what she saw in me, but I'm down here interviewing. She is that supportive of an incredible wife that I'm down here on our anniversary having a wonderful chat. And then later on this evening, we'll spend some time together. So I love you, babe. I had to shout you out tonight. You are the top announcement of the evening because I love you so much. Beyond that, Sunday evening, Farmers' Kind of Life is our sponsor, good friend of mine. Amy Dingman. She just launched a new group on Facebook called the Lifesteaders and go check that out. Anything Amy does is incredible. She tends to inspire. She has that way. She has that sugar-coated voice that she can kick you in the butt, give you the truth you need to hear and smile while you're doing it. (laughs) And finally, guys, how could I not talk about Prepper Camp tonight? But tickets are only available for 14 more days. Go to PrepperCamp.com if you want to get them. I'm going to be there and a whole host of incredible speakers, incredible presenters, incredible people in the preparedness, homesteading, and survival field. So if you are within a day's drive or, like me, a four-day drive from Saluda, North Carolina, I think you should be there. Anyway, enough of that. Let's bring on our guest of the evening. Give me one minute here. Hey, Survivor Jane, how are you?
1: Hey! Good evening and congratulations. That's your marriage, <laughs> your
0: anniversary. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's good to have you. I, It's been, I looked, it was September 9th last year that we had you on. So it's been,
1: wow. we might as well
0: call it 12 months. And we are getting down to the crunch of prepper camp. So we'll talk about that mm-hmm. in a bit, of course. <laughs> Tell us, okay. because we have grown immensely in the last 12 months. Tell us who Survivor Jane is. Where, where did you grow up? Maybe your first job. I always love hearing about first jobs.
1: Well, you know what—if um, you remember or not—but my first job was daycare, and it was right during in high school. That's just what you did. I mean, that's that was during the days, Tim, where they had the electives like home ec, and they had um, shop, and they had, um, oh, I don't know, all these other things that were mandatory that you had to take. And as part of my um, curriculum, I worked at a daycare. So that was the first one. It's not glamorous, but you know, you sure do learn a lot.
0: That's cool. And so where did you grow up, Jane?
1: Orlando. Orlando, Florida. I'm a Florida girl through and through. And so I was used to green and brown and brown and green seasons. There was no, it wasn't anything. It was either green or it was either brown. So um, moving to uh, the Western uh, North Carolina area, I just love being able to experience what I didn't know. It was foreign to me as far as seasons go. Snow and fall and spring. And I mean, you get to see the things that you used to just looking on a calendar and seeing the beautiful pictures. Well, I get to live it now and I wouldn't go back, would not go back for anything.
0: I always thought it would be fun. I, of course, I've always lived where it goes, uh, you know, brown, green, white, and then it stays white forever. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I always thought
0: to be on the uh, the beach, or at least in Florida for Christmas some year, just to see what it's like.
1: You know what? You just you just do it, and it's like anything is um, a novelty uh, as far as, you know, it's beautiful, and you think that people are nice, and you think this, but once you start the continuing digging sand out of your fanny because you've been sitting on the beach and it's getting in your clothes and the salt and straight your skin up and you're hot and you're irritable and the mosquitoes and that you know then you just go on and, on and on and you know what every place has its flaws and there's no place like home. and this is home
0: so how did you so you went from florida to being yep. married with survivor rick in the mountains of North Carolina. What happened in yes. that time for you guys to meet? And then, cause I don't, anyway, you tell the story. You tell it way better than I well, can Well, I will tell way you way the
1: way. story. I was a girly girl. I was working in the corporate world. My concern and my focus was when was Macy's gonna have another sale on shoes and handbags? You know, where I love garage selling. I love anything that said consumer, I was all about it. That's just my focus. Now, Rick, on the other hand, he was a more responsible. He had all the hurricane preps and he had all that stuff. So to me, he that was, that was his deal. He was uh, in the Boy Scouts and, you know, did manly stuff. So, you know, I didn't even focus on that until it came to 2008. And I watched my 401k slide, $7,000 a month. And I got nervous mm. because... I thought this was money that I was going to retire on so I can buy more purses and I can buy more shoes and I can do the things I wanted to. And it just started picking up steam and rolling and rolling and rolling faster. And it was it was like a, um, a faucet. You couldn't stop it. And at the same time, the housing market was crashing and our house that was in a beautiful gated community all of a sudden became... Um, a home where people were renting their homes out next door and there were cars everywhere. There were multiple families li- living under one household. And yet there was rules, but they they totally lost control. So the crime started just going up and up and up. But Tim, the straw, and there's always that straw that breaks sure. the camel's back was I was a carjacked at work. I I was um, coming to, I I parked in a six story parking garage and I got in the car. Somebody had left a little uh, card on my, on my window. And I thought, oh, you know, I don't want people around my car. And I had, you know, those spidey senses that they talk about. Well, I had that spidey sense and I got in the car and I locked my car really, really fat. And I looked behind in the back seat and I looked in the, the passenger side and I was just like this. Um, I've never felt it before, but it was just, just extreme feeling of danger or something. So I, I, like I said, i locked my car and I started going down the six floors, you know, and now this is in the afternoon at four 30 sunny day. And I get to the part where you go to, um, i had a little pass that i had to put through a machine and um i I went ahead and bleeped it and as i looked out um the traffic was going back and forth it wasn't you either took a right or a left and i pulled up and i saw these men come running down the sidewalk and they were going really really fast and i said you know i could and I could pull across the sidewalk so I could wait to take a right or a left to get out of the um, parking garage. Or I could at least wait and let them go. They might be catching a bus or had an appointment or something. So I decided to wait. And I'm on the phone with my sister at the time because that's what I do. I talk. I like to talk, talk, talk. And so I was talking to my sister and she's telling me all about the things that she did today. And about the, I mean, it was just like instant. I heard this boom. And I looked over my shoulder across to the passenger side, and there were two huge men with pistols banging at my windows and oh. telling me in not so nice that if I don't open the bleepy bleep, bleep doors, that they were going to smack the windows and they were going to do whatever they were going to do. So I say to my sister, oh, my gosh, somebody's trying to get in my car. And she proceeds to tell me that she had the dog's nails clipped. And then she was going to (laughs) go to Publix. And I said, somebody's trying to get in my car. And she said that, oh, she might go to Macy's that weekend. And she wasn't sure. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm going to die. And nobody's going to even know it because my sister's talking about sales. And I'm going to die here. And about that time, I am surrounded by police officers with their guns, the big rifles drawn. And I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to get shot in between <laughs> sure. all of this, not just by the big guys, but the officers too. Well, this all happened in a matter of maybe a minute, if that. They got the bad guys. They, you know, I was able to drive home, but I was so shaken up that I told Rick, I said, uh, it, 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 it Totally took me out of my happy place. I didn't want to be there anymore. I started becoming really suspicious. I didn't talk to people anymore. I just it 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 ruined what I would call my my happy place, my my life. You know, it really just so we decided that since I was losing all my money in four hundred and one, I mean my four hundred and one k, that you know we're just going to take the money whatever we can get from the house and we're leaving and we're just going to do the best we can. So we found some property and we took what little, and I am saying little money that we had left and we built. Rick is a master at um, uh, design and figuring things out and whatever. And so here I am up on the hill and I'm used to wearing heels. I don't know anything about outside i don't know anything about animals i had a cat i mean that's about and cats take care of their self i didn't have you know any knowledge of anything and it was like oh no what did we do you know we don't have any money we we're living up here on a mountain we're living in this house that it it's not like i'm used to you know i mean as far as like a big open beautiful uh chandeliers and whatever i mean it, nothing You know, and so that survival journey from 15 years ago now, as far as I didn't know how to cook, I didn't know how to do anything. But you know what? You learn in a hurry how to do things, and it was trial and error. If you want, if you want to talk about uh, being an expert in homesteading or survival or whatever, I'm an expert because I have made every mistake and still make them today. So that's my long, (laughs) who am I?
0: You know, it's been a year. I had forgot. I love, I love getting to talk to people over and over again because I forget how powerful stories are. That, do do you think that little piece of paper, were they waiting for you or was that just a coincidence?
1: I think it was God. Okay. I do. I think I think that I think it was a a God thing. It was a thump. It was a I don't think that card had anything to do with anything. It was like a car wash, you know, here you can get 20% off or something like that. It had absolutely nothing to do with the carjacking. It was just a thump on the back of my head. You need to be, because I, I was always on my phone, Tim, talking on the way from my office out to the car. It was always, you know, I mean, people would walk by, hey, how you doing? You know, just, just intrigued, but not even, I couldn't even tell you what they look like when they walk by. I mean, it was just, I was oblivious to what was going on and what was happening around me that's when my eyes were open to where I knew what people were saying in front of me, what they were saying in back of me. I mean, I just, and sometimes, to tell you the truth, I think that's what it takes in life for mm-hmm. anybody to start. Um, it, it even sometimes sadly it takes a hurricane or a flood or a drought or a death or a divorce or a, you know, all the, Horrible natural and man-made disasters that we can all go through. Sometimes it takes that to to thump us in the back of the head to get our attention.
0: You know, you mentioned how it took you out of your happy place, and I mean, 2008 was a, a scary. You know, it was a it was a really rotten time it, for it a while. It was not time. good. And yep. I've been so since you since you were on last time. I've been doing the. uh the history of modern preparedness series where I take a decade and I go, you know, and you look at the the events that happen in each decade and the people that were shaped out of it and the, you know, preparedness, but something I've noticed, and maybe you can talk about it a bit is prepping seems to be, uh, how do you want like a solve or a salve for anxiety or a way to Hmm. register or deal with that? Do you find, did it help? Or do you think, or maybe even talk about how that works for other people as well?
1: Do you mean by having things, it gives you well, more comfort that you're, you're prepared? Is that what?
0: Control? Because a lot of times, like you said, your eyes, you would just walk around busy or in a cloud or not paying attention. And, mm-hmm. and then there's that snap moment where you realize, oh, darn, I, I'm not prepared. Or all of a sudden mm-hmm. the world is kind of scary and crazy. So it seems yep. like whenever we have that moment, whatever that moment happens to be for you, it seems like that's when we first start trying to take control of our life again.
1: Mm-hmm. That's Does true, that and sense? it, it is that what happened with it you? Honestly, is all about control. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, but I will say that I am a firm believer that nobody, nobody has got it. No, nobody right. is prepared for in anything. You can prepare as best you can for right. things. And, but it it goes so far more than just um, stuff. And that's what people get confused. You know, they're still in the consumer mindset. You've got to be mentally, to be physically prepared also. You know, um, when you talk about skills, that's why we love having prepper camp because you have to have skills. Now, does that mean you have to go out in the middle of the woods and build a campfire and start cooking out there? No. No. No, but the reason that you do that is because it could be that it's so doggle hot because you don't have power that you might want to go out in the middle of the woods where it's a little cooler so that you can cook and you need to know how to, to cook out there because you're not going to be able to drag your electric range out there into the woods. You're going to have to learn how to do it with whatever you have.
0: So you, you mentioned how you're an expert because you've, uh, uh, made so. I'm gonna. I'm gonna infer that what you meant was you made a lot of mistakes along the way, like lots of us. Tons. Right?
1: tons.
0: <laughs> and you're gonna talk about the reality of homesteading, so taking a lot of the shine and the the Instagram filters off of it. So, what what does that? What, what have you? <laughs> how have you failed forward over the years, going from high heel Jane in in Florida to Survivor Jane uh, in the mountains of North Carolina?
1: Well. First of all, when I said I didn't know how to cook, I did not know how to cook. The kitchen for me was a passway from the to the main part of the house. <laughs> it had a microwave that I could heat up some coffee if I wanted to. I didn't cook. My mother was the oldest of nine. She had to take care of all the kids, while mom and dad worked. And so she had to do all the cooking. She hated it. And her mindset was her girls weren't gonna cook. And they were going to enjoy school. They were going to enjoy extracurricular things and dances and parties and friends. And so I did get good training as far as that goes, but there was no cooking. So all of a sudden I'm up here. I didn't even know what boiling water, what the temperature was. I I had no idea. What does that mean? What does simmer? What does simmer (laughs) mean? What, What do you simmer is that? Is that two degrees lower than boiling? Is it just a little, you know, those are things, a pinch, a scant, a whatever. I mean, I am telling you ground zero as far as learning to cook. But then along with that, because it's just Rick and I up here, I have to learn how to be his handy girl, you know, his handy (laughs) helper. You know, it's like, I need you to hold this and I need you to do it because we built the house ourselves. And we built it in i mean it, it was a marriage strengthener to say the, the least it's like hold this i am holding it I have to hold it tighter i am holding it tighter i you just you learn that you can do what you thought um in me i'm of the mindset that and, and i don't mean to have this sound negative or thing, but I think girls can do just as much as do. It's just the guys are bigger and they're stronger. But there's no reason why I can't take a screwdriver and go tighten something on a chair or in whatever, or if something is loose or if something is broke, if something I can I it might take me a little bit longer to saw, but I can saw you know I can do different things and I want to encourage women it's not just a man thing. If you're going to be doing this preparedness thing, you have to be able to work as a team and you're going to have to do some of those tools and use some of those tools. I had my lights go out in my, uh, camera. I took the whole dash off. I watched YouTubes and I thought, Oh, well I can do that. So I took the whole dash off. I took the console out. I went on line to see what light bulbs, you know, and, uh, And I was proud of myself because I can do it. And people are like, oh, I wouldn't do that. And it's like, well, why? Why why wouldn't you do it? Because it's scary. And most things are scary until you do it. And then it's like, oh, that wasn't so bad after all. Canning? Are you kidding me? It's like, oh, no. Pressure canning? No (laughs) way. I don't want to blow the house up. I mean, and then you do it and you're like, oh. That's it. Making cheese, making ice cream, butchering a rabbit um, or a chicken. No way. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, that's all there is to it. And, And you do it. And that's what preparedness is about. Doing it, talking about it, not wishing you could do it, but actually doing these things. And again, I'll fall back to that's what Prepper Camp is all about, giving you the opportunity to have some of the best experts that are around to teach you how to do things
0: if 2007 jane you know pre previous jane from from now could see 2020 i was going to say 2022 but 2023 jane today which thing which aspect of life do you think she'd be most surprised about
1: oh well i'll tell you right now i'm on i am a novelty to my two older sisters they just think it's a hoot They just think it's a hoot that I do all this stuff, you know, because, again, they were in the they were in that lifestyle of um, doing the the consumer stuff and what have you. So, you know, um, I'm glad that I'm where I am now. I'm glad that I know how to do things. I'm glad that um, I am so much uh, more confident in a lot of different things because I do look at my sisters, they are me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And what I mean by that is they are 2007 uh, Jane sure. still to this day they're consumers and they think it's neat that um, their sister has been on a television show or that they have a uh, an event and they think but it's it's more um, a bragging right thing. They still, uh- and they're my sisters. They still don't get the real picture. They got a little bit of it of this last two years, you know, of how scary things um, can be and, and how mandates and all that other nasty stuff that's going on, you know, their eyes were open a little bit to it. But again, that's getting back to it takes something, some time to thump people in the head to, to get their attention. Are they where they are? no. Absolutely not. But I lead by example, and I send pictures, and I I try to share with them, and I I teach them when they come to visit. Um, I live probably 45 minutes from what they call town, and that's where it's (laughs) one Walmart, you know? So it's like that's town here. And um, there was National Brownie – I'm sorry, National Donut Day. And so (laughs) while they were sleeping, I got up early, and I made donuts. And so when they came out to breakfast, they were like, oh, Rick went into town and got donuts. And I said, no, I made them. And they're like, you made them. And It's like, yeah, because you that's what I do here. Whatever I like, I learn to make whatever it is. Rick said, hey, I'd like to have some English muffins. OK, let me make you some. Hey, I'd like to have a pizza. OK, let me make you some. Hey, I'd like to have some ice cream. OK, I can make you. I can make whatever we like. And if I don't know how to do it, I'll learn how to do it because all it is is putting some effort into it. And so that's, we do not, we don't suffer up here by any means. We, you know, we enjoy life. And so would I go back? No, like I said, I, I will not go back and I wouldn't trade this for anything. Even if nothing bad ever happened, I would right. still, because it's just a a, a healthier, happier, stress-free life.
0: I believe that is the point that every person who gets involved in preparedness has to find. Because if you're always being prepared, or you're always trying to get prepared for some pie in the sky craziness that may or may not happen, but you negate the rest of your life, prepping should make your life better. It should be a better life, Mm -hmm. whether anything bad happens or not.
1: And there's
0: a good example. You mentioned English muffins. So many, many years ago, I learned how to make English muffins from scratch. Cornmeal and everything. Loved it. It was great. And I still have the recipes and I could do it tomorrow. Somebody mentioned in the Telegram group recently, I think it was five or six dollars now for a pack of English muffins, a six pack. And that was American. I haven't even checked Canadian in forever. So with all the freedom that you guys have built for yourself, and that was a lot of work, over the last three and a half years of all the stupidity that we've had to deal with, how much did that affect your guys' life?
1: Um, as far as affecting it, what way? In what way?
0: Uh, just day to day. like you, I, I mean, uh, price increases or needing to deal with mask mandates or having to deal with, you know, obviously you didn't have an employer who said, hey, if you don't uh, take the jab, you're going to be fired, right?
1: Well, we just, we put our foot down. It was like, no, we're not doing this. No, we're not doing that. If we have to stay hold up, which honestly, to tell you the truth, in the midst of the, the COVID decision, we were sitting outside swinging as the world was falling apart. And I looked at Rick and I said, you know, in the middle of a worldwide pandemic, don't you? I mean, I, I have got whatever we need. Um, and when you have the staples it, uh, this is what drives me up the wall when people are getting this organic um, foo foo prepackaged <laughs> blah 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 blah, that you know with the hootie tootie drinks and the this and that. You guys are going to have to give it up unless you can get it home. Give it up because when something happens, you're going to go through some serious withdrawals. And so that's what our goal has been. If if Rick likes something, I'll look it up and I'll see how to make it. And nine times out of 10, it's just effort more than anything. Most of the staple things you're going to have in your pantry. Um, and so I always stress to have the staples because then you, you can make anything and everything. We have dairy goats. So I can make my cheese and I can make my ice creams and I can make my, you know, all kinds of other things. Um, I have eggs, I have ducks, I have chickens, I have rabbits, um, I have pig, you know, I, I'm, we're set. I can make whatever it is. But to think that you're just going to necessarily live off of survival food, which is beans <laughs> and rice, um, people are going to get a little, little testy. They're going to get a little irritable because they're going to get tired of that beans and rice. So if you start now and start learning how to make some of the things that you actually like, doesn't matter what type of disaster comes along. You could be holed up and not have to, I mean, we didn't even months and months, you know, we just lived. So you got to kind of like your partner too. You know, yes. that's really, really important. Important, you know, you're going to have to learn how to work with each other. Um, that's a that's a key thing. A lot of people go their separate ways um, during the week, and then they kind of meet up on the weekends for a couple hours. Um, not used to working with each other. That's that's another thing that Rick and I had to learn to do because he had his corporate job and I had mine. And we did fun things on the weekend that had nothing to do with working together. It was enjoying each other and going and being entertained by outside uh, um, events. Um, here, we are the event. You know? And if you've met Rick, you know that um, he's not quite as um, animated as I am. <laughs> This so sometimes I have to take my energy and go out and talk to the to the animals and play with them instead of the old goat but you know I mean that, that's just how it is but when it comes to work you have to be a team.
0: When you cuz as you said you're going to kind of talk about the realities of homesteading maybe talk a little bit about that because you you mentioned how there were times when you know you weren't holding it reminded me of my son. And when I'd get him to hold a flashlight for me, and I think he's still going to need to probably go to therapy over that over the years, because <laughs> we get along great. But it, when you have to work together, you find you push each other's buttons. Right. But how important is it to have. Yeah. Yes. that You can spend all the time with, even if, you know, you might love each other, but for a few minutes, you don't like each other every so often.
1: And you know what? It wouldn't be a real relationship if you didn't have the the bumps too it wouldn't. I mean, you can't like everybody all the time. You can't like what's going on all the time. If you don't have, then you're not your own person, you know, and you've got to be your own person. And so, yes, it's like, it, it you know, it is that thing, you know, hold the drywall up. You know, I'm sorry, I'm 5'3". You know, he's got a foot over me. So he's got that a longer span of holding or whatever. I mean, it's just like, or cut it here or do this and that. Yeah, it's there are that um, drag. There are there drag out uh, knockdowns. No, not not no. anything like that. Um, because you know that you're stuck with each other up here. You know there ain't no place to go. So you can go out and kind of um, vent for a little while. But then you know life goes on. You still you're you are um, you're a team.
0: What do you do? What, actually, no. Let's back up a little. What about have you ever had any big failures on the homestead? Anything that you tried that just, you know, you fell on your face miserably with?
1: Oh, man. I, I Numerous, numerous, okay. numerous. I'm just trying to, like, wreck my brains. It's like, what? Was, like well, that, that, that didn't. I mean, you know, they're, they're like with the animals, the different ways that we've tried different ways to, to do different things. Um, it's like, well, that didn't work. Or, yeah, lots of lots of things. Um Trying to can something and thinking that I knew better than the experts and me trying to do it instead and it's like oh gosh it didn't work I see now why they said to do this and that when you try to shake, take shortcuts it's going to come back and nip you in the bud so um, gee I wish I could tell you a good one because I know as okay. soon as I know we I quit you. say good night for the evening I'm going to have like a bagillion of them but hopefully at prepper camp you can come and I'll tell you my life you know of mistakes. Because uh, definitely, when yeah, I've, making, I've just got tons of them.
0: When you started making stuff with the goat's milk, um, what, what, mm-hmm. what's become your favorite thing that you make with goat's milk now? Or what, what do you enjoy the most?
1: Uh, well, I move the cheese is what we call, I mean, move the milk. You know, I just okay. try to put it in as many things as I can. And so it would have to be ice cream and mozzarella cheese. I mean, Rick just oh. likes his mozzarella cheese on many different things. And so I, I, make at least a pound of mozzarella every week for him. And then I don't make as much ice cream or it definitely would show up on us. So um, that's more, I, we make it as a treat um, in the summertime. I'll make it more because it's hot. And, uh, but um, he likes his cheesecakes too. You know, I mean, it's uh, so many different things that uh, you can make. Um
0: have you, uh, h- how has this year gone? Have you, uh, I don't know about you. Some, each year I try to learn something new or at least, I don't know, expand on some skills or has there been anything this year that you've, um, learned new or improved or anything along those lines? Hmm.
1: Well, we have our rabbits in a colony and okay. we're, we're learning that, um, We have a, we actually bring all of our animals in at night. And so we have what's called a bunny barn, but, um, when they go out, we actually have them totally closed in even over, you know, over the top Mm -hmm. and they dig to China where they're going. I have no idea. So, you know, those are (laughs) little things Is like when I first, when Rick built the outside park, it was gorgeous this big lush green grass and it was just um oh it was just it was an Instagram picture is what it was and two days three days I mean they had totally just demolished it just like chickens do and so what I have to do now is in my greenhouse I have to make um barley sprouts for them And, uh, because I want them to still have that greenery, but you know, that was a big lesson to me. Some people say, Oh no, no, you can't have rabbits in a colony. They'll fight and they'll do that. Um, they'll, you know, and all the nightmares that they come up with. Well, honestly, we haven't had that situation. Um, the situation is is the digging and they've totally just ruined the grass that we thought they would just be able to go out there like little bunny rabbits and eat their grass. Well, that didn't happen. You know that's just the reality of rabbits and what they do so you have to make up for that and the way I do that is is I make barley sprouts with uh, and that have grass and they eat the sprouts too so
0: How do you do that I have I have a good friend John Dowie who sells microgreens as a business and you mm-hmm. really dug into it with him how, did um was there any trial and error or how did you set that system up
1: you know what? It's probably an idiot proof. You know, if I can do it, you always have to you have to take me as ground level. If I can do it, then okay, anybody can do it. Um, but sure. I went out and bought me um, eight plastic shoe boxes, and I punched some holes in it. And I start... Um, I take one of the shoe boxes um, that doesn't have any holes and I put uh, the sprouts in it about maybe a cup, cup and a half and put water over it. Let it sit for 24 hours. Then I pour that into the one that has the hole. Then I do another, I fill up another container until I have eight going at this eight consecutive days. So by the time the ninth day comes up, that one's ready. And I just continue with eight um, barley things. And I mean, that's enough that I can actually feed the rabbits. I can feed the chickens, and I can feed the ducks with it because it makes a nice, you know, uh, flat, if you will, of um, barley.
0: And you guys, when Rick was on, he told me, you, was it within the last year that you guys added uh, quite a significant piece of solar to the home as well?
1: Yes, we did. Yes, how's that? We been did, out? and in fact, we had a county, a county-wide blackout. I'm thinking, oh, my, the Chinese have probably hit or something. (laughs) I said, you know, it's probably an EMP. But honestly, we didn't miss a lick because there are certain things that he doesn't have hooked up to the solar. And but besides that, I mean, we were comfortable. The lights were on and whatever. So it was kind of weird to look out and about over down over the valley and there's no lights at all. And then you realize that you have the lights and then it's like, oh, do we go ahead and put our blackouts up over the windows so they don't see we have lights and come and get us or something? I mean, those are things you got to think about because, you know, it is nice having those things. But also you could make yourself uh, being up on the mountain, you know, think about a candlelight, how far you can see a light from miles Mm and miles away, you know. So those are things you got to think about that. Unfortunately, um, we don't, we don't put that much thought into it, but I will tell you that, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's been a blessing as far as for him to get that system put in and put up.
0: You can run a bit of a, can you even run a little bit of air conditioning off it?
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes, you can.
0: That's yes, worth. Can. It's weight in gold, right there, it, isn't it?
1: Honestly, that's what I said. Yes, we don't have. We don't have any central air. We have a little uh, window unit for the whole house, <laughs> and um, you know, when you don't have any air, and then you have a little window unit, I mean, it just cooled the whole the whole down. And so, like I said, we just didn't miss a beat. Now, it was only for a couple, two or three hours that the power was out, but it gave us a good understanding of how the system's going to work, and it did great, and barely even budged the batteries, just barely even used anything. So, you know, that was another thing, because sometimes you don't really get a chance to to try some of those things until something happens, so
0: i watched a guy the other day he he lives in texas and it's cool because he i'm into like vintage tech so old computers and things i like watching the videos on them and that's what this guy's into but about three years ago he went through the the really bad ice storm that they had in texas and ever since he's worked really hard at getting his home almost self-sufficient. So he he did something similar. His wife left, he turned his power off for 24 hours and tried to keep, it was a hundred and, I believe it was 110 degrees there. So it wasn't, wasn't chilly. Wow. <laughs> and wow. he had qu- quite a few different battery banks and he managed just about 24 hours of keeping the house at least below 80. He was happy with that. And, you know, for mm-hmm. somebody in Canada that might seem insane, but for somebody in Texas, that makes a huge difference. And it was all awesome Yeah. Solar. yeah It was great. I, I yep. loved it. So you're yep. going to, what What do you, um, can you give us kind of an overview of what you're going to be talking about at Prepper Camp?
1: Yeah, I'm really, it's been really heavy on my mind, you know, as far as I want people to honestly know, sometime I think that um, they, 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 they make prepping or homesteading look glamorous if you will or mm-hmm. pretty and stress-free and you know all of these things and i, I want to let them know i'm going to tim i am going to put myself out there we have a compost toilet and we spent a lot of money on that compost toilet when we first put the house in and it was a piece of pardon the french but crap i mean <laughs> it. Yeah it leaked it was it was just nasty and it was like oh my god and we paid money for this so rick came up with a fantastic and he'll talk about that in his his class but he a brilliant brilliant system but the problem is the system have, you do have to clean it out every 6 months and because this is my curse being little i have to get in the area and clean and that means i am covered from head to foot with poop now i'm used to being covered with poop on my feet because of the ducks and the goats and the pigs and everything like that but this is poop poop and i mean to tell you that's where that you know is it glamorous no but rick can't fit in there and i have to fit in there to clean it up um and we laugh about it, but it's just, I look like I am in a hazmat. I've got my goggles on. i got a Walmart bag over my hair. I've got gloves up to my shoulders. I've got, uh, I mean, it's just like, is it embarrassing? Yeah, it's embarrassing, but it doesn't matter. That's what I have to do if I want to have a, uh, a stress-free pooper. So, <laughs> I mean, th- that's reality. People are like, oh, I couldn't do it. Well, if you can't, then you're not going to be able to live as stress-free and as um, off the grid as me because it doesn't take electricity for for what we have and what you have, you'd have to take, you know, and use whatever gadget you can. Of course, you can always use my Heine hydrant that I I created way back when, but these are the things I want to talk about. I want to talk about that to get milk, you got to milk the goats and you got to clean up the goats and you've got to birth babies that come out of goats. And sometimes there are difficult births and you got to put your hand where you don't want to put your hand. And sometimes you have to put your whole arm in there to be able to help with birth. I want to share that you got to do things that you might not think or you're not thinking about, you're just thinking about the beautiful green lawns and the white picket fences and the nice horses out there. You're not thinking about reality and what it takes to actually live stress-free on a homestead. How's that?
0: <laughs> you don't, uh, you don't see people very <laughs> often with their, uh, you know, shoulder deep in a goat on Instagram. <laughs> And you don't see the ladies, you know, with their legs crossed and their nails done up and their hair flipped back, sitting in front of, uh, you know, a composting shitter, do you?
1: (laughs) (laughs) The the first time he said, well, I can't fit in there. You're going to have to do it. It's like, oh, it's like, you know, you just you just have to do what you have to do sometime and it's nasty and it's gross. And I'll tell you, some men wouldn't even do it. And if they don't, you know what I say? You're going to die. If you can't, if you put limits to what you're going to do, you're going to die. Because in prepping, you have to be able to mentally do whatever it takes to get it done. And, Rick and I made that decision that better or worse, we are a team and we've got to do what we got to do. Now, he's got to do stuff that it's like, oh, I'm glad he's strong and big and he has to do that. And I don't have to do that. But you know what? If push comes to do it, I might not be able to do it as good as he did, whatever it is, you know, but the same thing. Um, He's not as good at boiling water as I am. So, you know, I mean, there's, those there's trade-offs, but you have to be able to pick up where the other person left off too.
0: That mindset of making up your mind to just do it because I mean, literally you have a physical problem there. Rick is too big to fit into the composting toilet. The only option is for poor Jane to climb in there, you know, and get and do it. And if you didn't, what are you going to do? Build a new composting toilet every six months? I don't think Rick would like that.
1: <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's right. And that's what, and so there are, there are, it's work. And that's what I want people to know that it, it's not just a matter of that you want a homestead. Do you <laughs> really want a homestead? Because it is work just like a homeless work. You can't just buy a home and expect it to stay perfect. It's not going to, things are going to, they're going to, um, they're going to shift or they're going to crack or they're going to mold or they're going to, you know, whatever you need paint and you need to do this and you got to repair wood and you've got, you've got to take care of your property you got to do the same thing with a homestead except for it's even more because you have animals that you have to look out for. You have food that you need to make. You have food that you need to prepare um, and preserve. You've got, you know, it, 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 there's a lot to it. Do I want to talk people out of uh, um, having a homestead or creating a homestead? No, absolutely not. But I want to talk to you about the reality of what it takes to live on a homestead.
0: I had two here. So uh, Joker Lee said, uh, there's nothing like getting your elbow caught armpit deep in the nether regions of an animal to make you really question why you're doing this. Mm-hmm. And Nate says, tons of work. Things die, things break. Things don't always go right. Does that sum Spot up homesteading? On.
1: Spot on. Yep.
0: So we are heading into let me check the day. So we've got 14 days left. So you're probably for tickets anyhow. And you're probably getting to that point about last year when I talked to you and Rick, where you really can't, you know, you're looking three way sideways. You don't know which way you're coming and prepper camps right around the corner. Yep. So this has been, this is 10 years, right? This is the, the 10th year. What are, yes. How did that start first? Let's start back there, 10 years ago. Where did that genesis for Prepper Camp come from?
1: Well, way back when, I used to be on the Twitter, Mm -hmm. and I was frustrated that I couldn't find anybody to talk to that was in preparedness. I didn't know who Johnny drives a big truck and Susie in the blue apron, that didn't tell me they were preparedness minded people. It just, you know, so I decided to create an hashtag called Prepper Talk. And people started picking up on that and using Prepper Talk, and it brought people together that were like-minded. And I started doing this this thing every evening. I did it for, I think it two years from six o'clock at night, we would use the hashtag. And if you did a search, you could follow as the hashtag moved along. And it was like conversation that you would have now in a chat room before there were chat rooms. And um, this was way back, way back when it was in uh, 2011. Okay. And so on comes on the scene is uh, Nat Geo's doomsday Preppers, And they, all the success of the prepper talk, and they said, Hey, would you be willing to moderate the shows at night, um, or every week, or whenever they were on? And I said, Sure. And so that's how I kind of got involved with do preppers as far as Net Geo goes. I would just do what's called tweet chats, and we just talk about it and have done that, or oh, that was a good thing he did, or oh, she said something funny, or whatever it was. And Net Geo said, Hey, why don't you, you come on the show and I said, hey, no way I see what you do I mean they're just they're good people, Tim, that make the, the, the producers made them look like absolute idiots. Good sure. Good, honest people that were trying to do the best they could and they really thought that they were going to come out um, educating people and they came out looking like idiots they got so caught up in the reality part of they were going to be on tv that they would do whatever the producers would suggest hey why don't you jump off the roof and do this and that oh okay and it made people look stupid and i just didn't want to look stupid so finally it's their last season and Rick was doing Doomsday Castle at the time. And they said, please, would you come on? Please, please, please. Well, we worked, honestly, it was a six months time where we worked on a contract where no guns, no big food, store, food storage and toilet papers and whatever. We wanted mm-hmm. to only show what we do as far as education. And we had a million dollar uh, writer on disclaimer that if they showed the location, if they told, you know, anything that we had signed that we didn't want disclosed. um, So, you know, they knew we meant business. And because of that, um, it actually came out to be a decent show. But after we kind of out of obligation um people would contact us would you come out to these conventions and would you be the monkey in the cage so people can come and ooh ah and oh yeah look she was on tv or he was on tv and blah 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 and it had nothing to do with education it was all promoting all money making for the big conventions and it's like that's the 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 straw there's always the straw that broke Mm -hmm. the camel's back was when we're flying out to denver for another one of these dog and pony shows and tsa wouldn't let rick take his brand new crunchy peanut butter jar with him on the plane they made him throw it away and rick's like it's not even open he said i'm sorry you cannot take it and ricks like you know what i am tired of this stuff it's there's we're not doing anything for people except for they're looking at us and we're looking at them and we're not showy people we're just people you know we just wanted to educate so we decided we wanted to do something um, that would educate people. And Prepper Camp was born. We just sat down and put things to paper. And we found a location that was a blessing. And it just, uh, after the first one, we said, never again. And here we are <laughs> going on 10 years.
0: <laughs> do, you, do you say, is there a little bit of that sentiment every year following Prepper Camp?
1: Um, no, because it's getting to be a well-oiled machine now, you know, it's, it, we got it down now. We got it down the first couple, two or three years. We've kind of, we're still in that growing pains, but, uh, we, we have so many great people that volunteer, um, you know, it takes a village to, to put this together and it's all volunteer people just come out. They'll come in early. Um, They'll say, hey, we'll be there on Thursday if you need us to help put tents up or help the vendors or whatever. I mean, it's just and you can attest to this, there's no strangers at prepper camp. I mean, everybody just helps everybody. I mean, there was one year we had a horrible storm and somebody lost their awning of their RV and somebody else came out and helped them put it back up. And just, I mean, it's those type of things, you know, it just people helping people. And it's kind of like, a little slice of happiness for about three or four days for everybody until you got to go back into the reality of you know, the hustle and the hustle. but it's just, it's just a nice thing. So I will have to say, thankfully, is it work? Oh, absolutely. I mean, from the time it's over, we're already cleaning equipment and, and, and restocking things and say, uh, writing what worked, what didn't work, who who's going to be invited back and who maybe not be invited back. I mean, there's a lot that goes on to it. And then we start again, November, the ticket sales, and then we move forward until September and then it goes again. It just, we don't even have time to think about not wanting to do it. You know, it's just, it's we just know what needs to be done and we just do it
0: are there any certain fond memories of the last 10 years that stick out any highlights or anything i know that's tough to put you on the spot but if there was anything that you no, remember really No there's fondly. one
1: it will it will it's burned into my my mind um one year i i will talk to anybody and there's a kind of area that goes up to the offices of the the campground Mm -hmm. and i was going to take a shortcut and i was just going to walk up the hills when they actually have a stair way that's actually built into the hill so you can walk up it and i was starting to walk up the hill and i saw this older man very obese and he was walking up the stairs and i said you know what i'm gonna i'm going to walk up the stairs with him. So I walked up to him and I said, Hey, you want to race? And he said, Oh, honey, my, my racing days are over. And I said, Well, how you doing? He said, I am having the best time of my life. He goes, I this is just great. I am just enjoying it. And it probably took honestly, it might have taken five or 10 minutes to go up those stairs. Wasn't a lot, but he was winded and he was holding onto the rails. And so I was making it as comfortable as as i could without making him feel awkward i was just talking and so we make to the top and he goes his way and i'll go mine and the following year a lady comes up to me oh no i'm called to the front area um where the admission people come uh, where the people come in for admission i'm called up and they said that somebody wants to see me so i i go to the tent and there's a lady there and she's got all of these people with her. I'm thinking, Oh dear, you know what, what happened? She didn't find her ticket or, you know, there's always, somebody's got an issue. And so I was just prepared for that. And she said, I just want to tell you that, um, me and my whole family is here. And I said, that is just so neat. And she said, no, she said, we're here. Because right after prepper camp last year, my husband died. And she said, all he talked about when he got home is how the, I don't know what he called me, the the owners, I think is what she said, the owner of prepper camp actually spent time talking with him and gave him the time of day and how kind that I was and how great the event was. And she said, we just all wanted to come back to experience the last week of what our, the husband, dad, father, uncle, whatever, you know, and it taught me that, you know, it just takes a minute to talk to people, you know, and that might be the nicest thing that you've said you know, to somebody, um, to them all day. So, um, that's always, that would be, that's just a highlight because you just never know. And they just would to be there, um, where Papa experienced his last week. Um, so that would be the, that would be the top one for me.
0: Thank you, Jane. I appreciate that. That's a, oh, that's an incredible yep. story.
1: Yeah, it is. It Who is. Who do you, uh,
0: who, um, who, who's coming this year that hasn't been there in a while, or who are some of the new speakers? And, and well, I'm excited
1: community. that um, Forward Observer is coming back, which is uh, um, Mike Shelby. He just like is a um, a huge favorite, and uh, he went and got married uh, a couple of years back, and so it just kind of coincided right with Pepper, Pepper Camp. So he's coming back, so we're excited for that. Um, we've got some really great, uh, demonstrations that are going to be going on this year. We've got 22 new classes and to tell you the truth, I- I'd have to cheat and, and look, okay. we've got like e-bi- e-bikes and we've got mm-hmm. how to, I mean, we've got cell phones and how you can de-googleize them. And, uh, I mean, just some really neat, neat things that uh, could really come in handy right now. Um, uh, Uh, gee, my mind honestly goes blank. I I mean, shame on me. I should have a list I'm looking at, but I don't, I I don't. um,
0: So I was really impressed. And of course, again, my brain. Oh, anyway. (laughs) Um, there's a gentleman speaking about artificial intelligence this year as well, which I think is awesome. I love that it's not just the hard skills that get taught at prepper camp.
1: Yep. I mean, honestly, we have got from you want rewilding, um, you know, uh, to and that's what you do in the homestead. You rewild a lot. I mean, I, I can use something that was meant for something completely different to, to use it to fix something, but you can rewild as far as... Um, food, you know, and out getting, you know, uh, like Richard Cleveland and and the the herbs and what have you, that he will take the nature walks. But we also have natural remedies. Um, We have uh, canning. Uh, Those are all the, you know, we have the classics, but then we have some, like you said, some things that are kind of um, out of the, the, the natural realm of homestead that kind of, you need to know like how to clear, clear a room. You know, Mm. if you're coming in, if you, you know, I mean, some of those type of uh, uh, we've got lots of self-defense. We've got Hakeem Isler Mm -hmm. again, he's going to be doing um, close quarter um, tomahawk fighting. He's got, I mean, so there's just a a well-rounded, there's something, honestly, there's something for everybody and then some. And I know people, they come, they've got their schedules ready. The wife goes one way and the husband goes the other and never the two shall meet until they they meet up on Sunday evening to head home. You know, I mean, it's just that the people that come are serious about uh, um, learning and uh, taking the that we have. And the neat part about it, it is, Tim, Yes. We, buddy, go to any one class. You don't like a class, get up, go, go to someplace (laughs) else. You know, you make your own schedule.
0: We talked for a few minutes before the show, which we always do. We're all, anyway, I consider you guys friends now, which is great. I love talking to you, but I I, hope so. Thank you. Well, absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) So here's the small world (laughs) of preparedness and prepping. I, I spoke at, and we talked about this before, but share it for the, um, you know, the enjoyment of the audience, but I spoke at an event in Washington, Addie, Washington, the Thrivalist Fair in May this year. And we had a get together of, we call we call the people in the workshop, the, the delinquent. So we, we had a, a delinquent get together where we sat around and did a, a recording, right? So this one lady, really nice lady, didn't know us from Adam. She said, hey, I'd love to join. I said, absolutely. So she sat down. And she shared a story about how she met her husband and, and all the things she had done in her kind of homesteading preparedness journey. And it was just, it was meant to be, she was there for a reason. It just happened. Yeah. Right. So I get an email from her as a week or two ago. And she said, Hey, did you ever post that? Cause she didn't really follow what we did. And so I sent her the mm-hmm. link of the event that we did and she messaged me back. She said, great. She said, I might see you in September. thought, oh, really? She goes, my uncle is going to be the keynote speaker at Prepper Camp, and I may just go along with him. And I thought, what are the odds? You know, somebody I meet at the Washington event, little old me, a crazy Canuck from Canada, and we'll Mm -hmm. meet again in North Carolina. But then you guys had a bit of that too, didn't you?
1: (laughs) Rick had a conversation. It was yesterday. He was actually talking to the keynote speaker, which is Curtis Bowers, and. His niece from Washington said, hey, uncle, there's this really neat event in September called Prepper Camp. Now, this was a couple, two or three months ago before we had actually solidified that Curtis was going to be here. And we got all, you know, everything, all the, the I's dotted and T's crossed and what have you. And he goes, oh. He said i actually talked there about five years ago and she's like no way and it's like yeah and so well i i don't know what the time frame was but then his aunt from florida called and said hey there's this place called prepper camp in north carolina and it would be a really neat thing to go to and he said "Well, you know what i'm going to be there on the keynote speaker this year i mean just like what, you know, <laughs> Florida and Washington and then him, but it's just, that's what prepper Camp is. It's not a local event. We don't advertise. This is totally out of mouth. And so I will stop right now and say, thank you to everybody that shares our posts. You know, there's so many people that say, what is, what's prepper camp? Well, you know, we rely on people to get that word out so that we can educate as many people as we can. Um, but we don't, this isn't a local event. This isn't a tire kicking. Hey, what do you want to do this weekend, honey? Let's go to prepper camp. (laughs) No, these people are serious. They like yourself, they pack up and some people come from across the country and it takes that four or five days to get here and four or five days to get back. Um, They are the serious movers and shakers of their community that come, they spend the time, they spend the effort and they spend the energy to learn. And then they take that information back to their communities, share it. And then sometime we have another whole wave. And then, then of course, we have people that have been there 10 years, every year they've come. So um, it's, it's just neat to meet new people and it's neat to see those old faces. It's almost uh, it's like a a prepper reunion, if you will, or a social media re, uh, reunion. It's just neat to see everybody again.
0: So, how much are tickets, and where can people get them? Because, like you said, it's not a spur of the moment thing. You guys cut off tickets about two weeks before the event happens.
1: You know, this is a self funding event. This is not a money maker if it was a moneymaker, we would have stopped that first year, honestly. You know, I mean, every dime that we make has gone in, but you know, we have been hit like everybody else. I mean, the tents are um, almost 300% higher. The TVs that we're renting now, now are almost 50% higher than what they were. I mean, it's just amazing, but we've tried to keep the ticket prices down. Um, we're out of the discounts now and now it is the full price until, uh, um, at the end of September 10th. And the truth, I don't even know how much the tickets are. I'm sorry. Um, okay. off the top of my head, I, I don't cause I don't even do that's Rick's part of it. I'm the social girl part, but, um, it is a commitment and it's not, it's not a carnival. It's not a fair. It's not a, Hey honey, let's go do this for the weekend. This is actually serious people coming to actually, um, learn. And you do, and you're tired, and it's a good tired. But, uh, um, yes, the cutoff is that uh, September 10th, we have to have two weeks to kind of get our ducks in a row to figure out, okay, what do we need to do? And, um, unfortunately, there are things that happen sometimes, so it gives us a couple weeks to get, you know, um, any little fires put out before we uh, just start rolling, putting the event together.
0: I threw the link up there for tickets. I checked their 95 So that's okay. full price. Uh yes. I will pin if I remember <laughs> after the show is over for anybody that watches this in the live stream, I will pin that as the top comment, but it's also in the uh the show notes tonight too. So Okay. Make sure everybody make sure you get out there, you know.
1: Yeah, honestly. And and if you can't this year, if you would just help us to share and get the word out mm-hmm. and maybe save up Tickets go on sale, and we try to do the best we can so that everybody, Tim, can come. So we start, and we give a really good discount starting on uh, around Black Friday time, and um, then it just literally graduates up. We have to kind of roll in. To, to make sure that we have the money to pay for the tents and pay for the chairs and pay for all the things that need to go behind the scenes as far as speakers and TVs and, you know, all this other stuff to make event. Um, but we try to make it as as, is, is economical as we can starting in November and working our way up to, um, the September time, but even at $90 for three days of education and the caliber of people that we have at the event, um, some people would pay that for just a day. Um, Absolutely. so we, we kind of feel that it's well within that, uh, that, that good value, if you will, um, for what we offer.
0: I just, I need to shout out. We got two new people that I've never seen in here before. And I always, I try to welcome everybody. I, I try to take Jane's lead here, but we got somebody named Lone Canadian. Just so you know, you're not alone. I live in Alberta and don't ever apologize for being late because if you're out there getting shit done, you can come by anytime you want to figure this stuff out. We're great. And then Blue Rat. I don't know who you are either, but greetings also from YouTube. So it's I love seeing new faces, Jane. I get oh, excited. Yeah. It's awesome. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Sorry you guys showed up right at the end of the show, but <laughs> how do they find you, Jane? Where um, Beyond Prepper Camp, you do some stuff too, don't you?
1: You know, I am everywhere. And you know, it's easy enough to say Survivor Jane. I mean, I'm on Twitter and I'm on Instagram and I'm on YouTube and I'm you know, I'm, I'm everywhere. Um, I'm always... You know, you have a question, you want to know something, that's that's what I'm here for. I, I'm not a look-at-me type of person. I, I am an educator. And if you want to know something, you can just reach out um, through any of the social medias. I'd be more than happy to uh, private message you or email you or whatever and talk homestead preparedness or whatever, some things that have worked and some haven't, what, whatever. Um, again, um, we're not showy. Um and we are approachable, and so please, if you're at Prepper Camp, come come up and say hi. Say, you know, uh, I'll talk to you. I'll, I, I'll give you a hug. You know, I just, you know, that, that's me, and that's the type that we are.
0: And I love it, because I'm a hugger, too, and as soon as I met you, I'm like, yeah. okay to give you a hug, and before I even said it, you give me a great big hug, so. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. I, I just, I just dive in. I just, you know, I'm just... <laughs>
0: that's how we got to be right I know that in this day and age it's a little different but you know I'm, what I just yeah.
1: say I'm giving you a hug you know that's if right. we get a little weird then it's like okay you know that's that's up. fine so
0: well thank you Jane this I our hour blew by just like it always does it and uh I've it said did. it I, you know it's awful we talked last year when you were on the show and I said we'll have to have you back again in about six months and here we are 12 months later with you back <laughs>
1: You know what? I'll take it. I enjoy it. And when I heard that you might be interested in maybe me coming on, you know, I'd love to be able to come on and talk some tools sometime. You know, I'd like to talk projects. I'd like to talk about, you know, whatever. Um, Girls can do this stuff too. And ladies, you need to start learning how to do it. So if I'm an example that way, I would love if there's a topic that you want to talk about sometime, I'm here. Or if you just until september next year i'll be there too
0: we'll have you back hopefully sooner i just yeah i need i need to start doing two interviews a week because there's so many incredible people wow. that i love to talk to that yeah you know how it is it is what it is i
1: right? do but, and you have had some amazing people it's just kind of like wow you know you're doing just you're doing awesome you know i just I uh <laughs> i feel privileged that you have even taken the time to oh. Uh, talk and chat with me a little bit and there's just so much more than an hour could ever you know fill. but um i thank you so much I, we always enjoy always enjoy your company
0: thank you jane if you want to hang in the back for just a second i'll close up the show and i'll be right okay. back out with you here okay guys i hope you enjoyed that episode i hope it comes through Rick and Jane are incredible people whom I consider friends and you know, you can meet people online and I interviewed both of them last year on the internet, you know, through, through live stream, like you guys got to see before we got to meet each other and we had a connection, but you don't know until you meet people because we all know this. She talked about it. You can put on the Instagram filter online and pretend very, very well, but the rubber meets the road when you meet people in real life. And when I did, they're the real deal guys. And I don't mean that in a celebrity sense or anything else. They're just exactly who they tell you they are when you meet them. And they're great people. And I'm telling you, if you are within a day's drive of Saluda, North Carolina, and you can afford it, and you have the means and it doesn't set you back to do it, grab a ticket and come by because there is absolute power in meeting in person. My wife and I went to our very first in-person meetup 18 months ago. That's all it was and it changed our lives. So if you can do it, do it. If you can't, share it, and we'll see you next year. So guys, with that, as always, stay happy, stay healthy, and have a great week.